Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome back to Work Radio. We're about to film episode four for you guys. Today we're gonna focus on finding the balance while you pursue a career in health and fitness. I got my guys Dom, uh, Sammy, and Chad with us today. And uh, we kinda wanna talk about how you can balance both, have the best of both worlds. We've all seen those gym owners who are kinda too, uh, too much in the thick of it and a little bit worn out themselves. Maybe they don't even work out anymore, which is honestly just a shame that um, certain people kind of get into this industry and then um, that, that ends up being a, a consequence of that. And I think it is avoidable. Um, today we're just gonna chat about a few different ways where you can prevent burnout, um, how you can actually stay in uh, good physical condition and shape yourself. And as al also like the big kicker here is finding and achieving financial success as well, which is pretty difficult in this industry. Um, so that's what we're gonna be chatting about today with my guys. And um, so yeah, the three of you guys, um, you, how did you guys? How did you guys get started? And then how did you make sure you guys uh, kept that balance along the way? As far as for getting started, getting started into coaching, uh, it was actually just a part-time job that evolved into a career. So now here we are. Because you came from the corporate world, yeah. Came from the corporate wor world. Backed off of that. Um, was bartending, bar managing. Um, started doing CrossFit here and there and then loved it kind of wanted to coach a few days a week just be, uh, just out of loving it I do have a small PT background I uh, worked at a Gold's Gym so you know much much different than we do in house over here and um, as that evolved it just certain life situations just kind of threw me into full time coaching um, and then just ran with it from there but making it a career and making it to where I'm not killing myself off the floor is was definitely a task, um, because we can only be on the floor and extend so much energy so much. Like coaching 40 classes a week is not really ideal. Um, I don't plus, think any any can handle that. Yeah. Because yeah. If you haven't actually been in that position, coaching a class and actually doing a good job, I think is equal to like three or four hours of, of other work, like sitting at a desk or something. Yeah. You can like get up, you can zone out for a second, you can check your phone, you go to the bathroom, have a snack, but going on the floor and you're actually giving it your all, it's exhausting. Well, I mean, wearing like a calorie tracker or like a whoop, sometimes coaching like burn between 300 and 500 calories coaching class, that's not even training. Yeah. So it's right. like if I do four classes in a row, I'm not even what my BMR is or anything like that. I've already burned close to 2,000 calories there. And it's not just the physical side of it. It's it's the mental and, <laughs> yeah. and talking there. And you be I, you guys are all with me, the, the stuff that people tell you in the middle of a class too. And um, it's not like you just said, hey, I got these 20 clients for this next four hours. You have 20 clients every hour <laughs> cycling through. So as soon as you finish being someone's personal trainer and psychiatrist for one class, you're starting over with a whole other set yeah. after that. And obviously, we all chose this and we all love it. But... Um, that, that does add to the, the element of burnout. Yeah, sometimes I think about it like, I joke about it, it's kind of like being a, a Vegas show performer. Like you put on a show, yeah, and yeah, you turn absolutely. around and do it again and yeah. again. Like four shows in a night sometimes. And then it's, uh, it's kind of like what you're saying about being those for those people because um, this is their one hour of the day, but it might be your fourth. And so you still gotta bring the heat, that fourth class, the same way you did for that first because they deserve all of you the same way the first class did. Absolutely. And then trying to figure that out when you're mentally tired, you're, you're hungry, you haven't hit your macros or whatever it is for that day and you know you're gonna be crushed when you try to work out later. Um, it's a lot tougher than people think. Yeah. And it's even safety too. I think people forget like we are here to make sure that people are safe. 
and then creating an environment where people want to work out and then do things that are uncomfortable, whether they, you know, this person over here is experienced, this person to the third day, and then trying to find that balance where I can modify here, push this person there without being, you know, without involving ourselves personally. Right. It's extremely hard. There's a lot of the thought on the body, it's a lot of the mind. Um, and like you said, being the biggest show performer every single class, not only that, but like, we, what if we have a bad day? We have to show up anyway. I think that's like the hardest part is separating that from what we do every single day. Yeah. We're not allowed that is. No bad day. Yeah, I mean, I, we, yeah. we have. Yeah. I mean, we, we have, like, like everybody else. But Sammy says that all the time. Like, no matter what's going on in my life, it doesn't matter. Yeah. These clients in the floor right now don't care it's or don't know. And um, so, Dom, like, what's a couple things you've done? Like, this is, you, you've uh, you worked for numerous gyms and you have a successful online fitness company. Um, you obviously coach for us. Like, what are just a couple things that you do maybe uh, when you get home at night or, or, or whatnot that helps kind of like recenter and, and be ready for the next day and not take that home with you? Well, the biggest thing I do is like I fill my cup first. Like, I always make sure like I set myself as a priority. And I thought early on that was selfish to do, but it's like you kind of have to be because the better I am, the better I can serve. And I think that that's something that people forget. It's like, all right, I kind of going back, like people don't work out themselves because they're training or protein. You're doing yourself a disservice and you're doing your client a disservice. So every night I do a checklist of like, all right, what did I accomplish today on my priority list? And was that in the same parallel, you know, column as people that I wanted to serve? And if I do that, then I can rest my head at night knowing that I did a good job. If not, then I'm, you know, kind of going back to the drawing board the next day. How can I set myself up to be successful? How can I set myself up to, you know, check off those priorities that I have listed? So this is the small practices that I do every night. I reset on myself and then I assess the next day. How can I do better? Or how can I maintain? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Chad, you're a new dad. Yep. How's that changed things for you as far as uh, continuing to push forward in this career, but now have someone that's entirely dependent upon you? Motivating. I'm at a stage right now where um, my wife is still on maternity leave, so I have a little bit of help or maybe to where on my end I can still kind of push forward but I do know I have a, a clock is ticking on that where I might I will need to shift shift gears to making sure that I am looking more home but right now I think it's a case of motivation of how much can I grow in these few months to make it to where I'm set up for success and my family is going to be more further set up for success so more than anything having, uh, having that little girl is definitely motivating to want to there's Do more. something about pressure. You yeah. don't have a choice anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. Plus, I, I think too far too often people <clears throat> will tend to because you know life gets hard. We got bills to pay, and quite frankly, most of us are living lives that we were never actually designed to live. We 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 wake up, we take our kids to strangers, we drive to a box, and we sit in a box all day, and we stare at this box. And then when we're done doing our box stuff. We go pick our kids up from the stranger's house really quickly. Get them like blah blah blah, and like that's not actually how humans are designed to live. Yeah. Um. You know, for unfortunately, like for some of us, that's just the way. That's just how things are right now. Um. But uh, it, when that comes to that, it's easy to kind of view the kids as like, ah, oh, I can't work out today because I I got the kids or whatever. And, you know, per, people have extenuating circumstances that truly do prevent that some at, at times or medical conditions. But as far as continuing all the time to kind of use them as, oh, I can't join the gym because I got two little kids or whatever. When you can pop the kid in the stroller for half an hour and get after your workout or whatever. Um, so to use them as motivation is is such a powerful tool compared to like letting the motivation almost fall off because of them. Um, Sammy, as far as staying in shape, I think you're such a shining example of that because um, you're what, 44 now? Uh, I'm going to be 50 here, <laughs> you said. Like, I'm counting the days. So, almost, so Sammy, almost 50 years old and you're rolling in here with a six pack every day. Uh, six pack of 
beer. <laughs> um, so, so how have you chased this for so long after a career um, in the military? And so now you've said to me before, this is kind of like your second career and yeah. um, you're, you have a chance now where you can do something you really love. Not that you didn't love being in the military. You obviously love it. You spent enough time in there. Um, but now you're, you're chasing the second career. Um, your kids are older, right? Your, your, your daughter's just about out of the house now. Just, grad, just graduated, graduated high school yeah. last week. Congratulations. So you always say like, I want to be the fittest dad in the carpool line. Yeah. So what do you do as, as, as you're nearing 50 to stay in such phenomenal shape? Right. And, and still pursue life and this? You know, a couple of things that I think I'm, I'm lucky for is that I consider myself being in the military my entire life. Like my dad was in the military, so I was a military kid. And so it, it was a line of discipline that we've always had. Just, we gotta do this, we gotta do that. And it was like, no question, just gotta do it. Um, he was always in shape. And so it kind of made me realize that my line of discipline is gonna be around my physical activity. Like no matter what happens, I can still do this and I can still do that. Um, and if I don't do those small and basic physical things, I'm not going to be able to get this or get that or improve this or improve that. So it just, it's just always at the forefront. You know, and you guys are talking about your kids as well. Um, my dad didn't really take me along with what he did. But with my kids, if I was doing MMA, they were in the gym, in the cage, watching us through the fence. If I was running, my daughter was in a running stroller. She was with me. So it just became a part of life. And as I transitioned and got older, um, the kids went on. My life changed a little bit. That just became my, my focal point. It's just being able to be disciplined in fitness. Because, you know, you might lose your mind sometimes, but if you're able to squat, deadlift, and throw a ball or something like that, you've got something you can hang on to. Yeah. And so the discipline of fitness is just always going to be there. And uh, the goal about the kids, too, is that when my kids have kids, I still want to beat them and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want to be able Absolutely. to outrun them, outlift them <laughs> at some point. And so... Are you, are you still faster than Sienna? Yeah, because we ran the other day. She's slow. Um, <laughs> But, uh, is she going to listen to this? I hope so, because she'll know. We did a little a quick run, and uh, she was panting a little bit. But it's kind of like, I think that's what life is. And you show your kids that. You know, you show your kids that you're in shape. My nephew, actually my nephew's son, comes up to me, and he's like, Uncle Sammy, do you have a six-pack? Because kids just do that, right? And then he looked up right shirt, and he was like, oh. And he didn't know what to think because, like, you know. Yeah. My daddy doesn't have one. Why do you I'm not going to say that in case my brother and his, his son listens to it. But he was like, oh. And it's kind of like, those are the moments where you, you kind of inspire and instill that in other people. And maybe that drives me a little bit. I'm not trying to be any better than anybody else, but it just makes me feel good to be to be in good shape. You know, and that's kind of your way for me. Yeah. What about you? I know you've had like a wild amount of success in the fitness space. And you own two gyms. The other one's opening. And not only that, but you have your family integrated into the gym. How are you able to not only find balance, but find success in that balance? Which is extremely hard. I mean, I have hard enough time just, you know, getting like a decent score in the walk, but yeah. you're like outstanding in your fitness and then you're able to be successful in business as well. How do you count that instead of the... As far as preventing the burnout and stuff, and you, you just have to eventually, you come to a point, push or shove, you have to create those boundaries. Like, hey, like, you know, now that I've got kids and I have a responsibility to them at nighttime, like I just accept that at a certain time, like I'm out of here. You know what I mean? Like the difference, like a lot of, a lot of businesses are, you know, they're open for like the typical, like nine to five, allowing the owner to be there for the majority of the time where this gym, like, or both our gym, like we open up at 5 AM and we don't close till 8, 8.45 PM. That is an enormous amount of the day. And so if you're a gym owner thinking that you have to be there that whole time, it's just not yeah. possible. And, um, once I finally realized that and was able to kind of like relinquish some of the reins a little bit, and I think a lot of that comes up once you have such awesome coaches like you guys and our other coaches, and then you just truly 
trust them, trust that, you've, you've, that we got the right people in place, which we do. It enables you just to kind of break apart. And just like, you know, but it, it is kind of wild. Like, unless I wake up before 5 a.m., like no matter when I wake up or when I'm talking to kids in, like the gym's open, things are rolling. Yeah. Emails are coming in, the phone's ringing. Um, you have to just find that balance. Otherwise you get too stuck, you get sucked into it and then you get burned out and all that other stuff. And as far as the fitness, whenever I get to the point where <clears throat> I'm hitting a plateau or I'm burned out, like it's so simple. I just do my gym's classes. Mm, like, like you know, and not that I don't do the gym classes regularly, um, but back when I was um, competing and taking it seriously, like I couldn't wait just to like be able to do classes and things like that. Yeah. Like if I had extra stuff, and um, you know, I, I began to get to the point where I didn't want to do that the workouts anymore. All I wanted to do was just jump in with a three thirty or hit the eight forty five a.m. class or whatever. So honestly, just surrounding myself with a community of people that that is going to bring energy, is going to push me, is going to allow me to have fun. Like you, you have to have fun. If you don't enjoy it, it's not fun. If you're getting burned out, it's usually because what I found it's a lack of motivation at some right. point. And if, if you're one of these guys that like, um, like Sammy, I, I don't know, I commend you for it, but like you'll coach like all those classes and then you'll work out by yourself. You know, that's hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and if Sammy gets to the point where he's like, man, I'm not feeling it today, he might just have to restructure his schedule where he can have, jump in the class or have a couple guys there with him or whatever. And fortunately, we've always just attracted good people here. There's The gym's always full of people. You can hear it right now. There's not even a class going on, but there's like 10 people out there working out. Yeah. And so I, I think you just build a gym that you want to work out at and then everything kind of takes care of itself. So as soon as I walk out that door, if I want to go to a workout right now, it's probably three or four people like, yeah, let's hit it, hit, hit it. Or, you know, I'll do the noon class in a few minutes or whatever it might be. Um, so I think the answer, just simplifying things, creating boundaries, and then just literally believing in what your product is um, in, in that moment. And also dropping the ego, not caring. We talked about this in the past, but it doesn't matter what your score is. You go. And there's days where I'm like, I, I don't really want to go hard today, but I still want to move and sweat. That's fine. I'll be like 36th place. I don't care. Yeah. I, I got a workout in that day. And at the end of the day, I'm still going home. I'm healthy. And um, I can, you know, wrestle the kids for a little while, do dinner time and bedtime and stuff. Um, so for me, that's what's worked. Just kind of simplifying things and going back to the basics. Okay. It's good. Um, but um, yeah, so the other thing too, the other pain point, I think why most coaches exit the space is not because they want to, it's because economics eventually wins. Yeah. And, um, you know, we have um, a handful of, of head coaches and then part-time coaches that are kind of want to be a head coach um, one day. And it, that's something that's, I've, I've always, I'm like, I'm trying to figure out the answer to that. Mm -hmm. um, be, you know, cause it, as, as a younger coach, like sure, like you're not married, um, you don't have kids yet, you don't have a mortgage yet. So you can kind of chase this dream for a little while, but there comes a point in time where life catches up and economics will eventually win. I've always tried to put things in place to allow our coaches to try to stay ahead of that. Like, I don't want Chad to have to pull me aside one day, be like, hey man, I gotta go back to Oakley, right? Because not only is he kinda, his life's gonna change, he can't wear what he wants to work, he can't make his own schedule anymore, might have to travel, so he's gonna miss time with his wife and his daughter. Um, but also, I'm, I'm gonna lose like a stud coach in the process, so, um, so I actively try and think it was like, all right, how can we try to get ahead of this? How can we, how can we forge ahead and constantly push that boundary and, and, and provide an actual career? Um, and I think some, some members at gyms um, recognize that, but I think, uh, you know, it, it drives me nuts. Like when I hear a member come up and say to like, like I know Jackie before, like, hey Jackie, like when are you gonna get a real job? You know, they're, they're insinuating that like, this is not a real job, right? Like, this is not a career and this is not something you can do for a long time. I'm like, well, 
she's still making more than like an average teacher teacher salary starting in Florida. You know what I mean? Is that a real job? That yeah. she then can't spend time with with her baby girl and at home, and and instead has to has to go work for you know someone else. So she doesn't set her schedule and stuff like that. And um, nothing against being a teacher, right? Yeah. But it's it's just what you're trying to to accomplish and what you're trying to do. So I'm trying my best to continue to push that ahead. Um, what's your guys' thoughts on on basically how, trying making enough money and continue to make enough money to to afford life and continue to chase this dream? Work smart, do what you get up. So, for example, it's uh, schedule uh, structuring your schedule. So, going outside the, the training topic. But all right, if I want this to be my career, I need to make it to where I can maximize my time more. So let's just say I have it to where Aaron, I need to coach these hours here because then that will allow me to take these clients here. So make it to where, all right, this is how much I'm gonna have my income of coaching, but then if I'm gonna go also add the personal training route, whether that is CrossFit related, whether that is fat loss, whether that's even nutrition related, find something else that you're good at and enjoy doing within the space. So, um, I mean, myself, I feel like I'm relatively good at, and I have a passion for competitive clients. So I love coaching class. I love working with everybody, but on the side, I like to help those who want to go and compete, whether it's local comps or anything bigger. And that's kind of where I, I make more to add to my income while doing the same thing. So the gym is my priority. Coaching is my priority, but I'm also able to do this too as well. So find something you're good at and you're passionate about and make sure you structure your time appropriately to where it all works and makes sense. That way you can continue this as a career. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree. I think it's like, you know, piggybacking, like super serve your niche, right? Like whatever tool, whatever, you know, thing you're working at, it's add more tools to your tool belt. Like, you know, whether it is coaching, like you said, adding PT, adding nutrition, adding, you know, whatever consulting with us all. Like for instance, you just got your nutrition cert, right? Yeah. So like that to me was like, not only was I passionate about learning about nutrition through my own journey, it was like, this could be another avenue of revenue yeah. that, you know, right. and I think that's something that it's also allowing me to, you know, pat my passion. But I'm also able to still keep money in my pocket and have freedom to do what I want to do. And it's yeah. because of adding that extra tool to my tool belt. Um, but it's always going to be a, a, an, always an evolving thing for you to do to try to like make you know, money off of your passion, which is extremely hard to do for a lot of people. Yeah. Don't get lucky like that. Don't get us wrong. It's not easy. It's hard. No, it's extremely if it was hard. Everyone would show up to yeah, work and, and, and shorts think, and sneakers and whatever yeah. they want. Um, but you, there'll, there'll be times when you'll have to do like, both. like you know, I, I still I have side gigs that I do, not necessarily that are my passion, but it allows me to do my passion. And I think that's something you have to be okay with at first, so that whenever it is the time for you to break off from that and then do what you love, it is a risk too. Like you may have to, you know, backtrack and do that again, but it's a lesson learned. And I think that's always going to be an evolving trait that you have to continue to do and, and, and nurture. Well, I mean, you kind of had some foresight too. Like when did you launch Brick Up Strength? Uh, 2018. So five years ago. Yeah. Right. And you probably did it as a method to, hey, uh, you know, I'm, I'm traveling around with Sid as she chases her dream to become a pediatrician and um, you, you know that you needed something. Yeah. You couldn't just rely on every town you get in to try and find an awesome coaching job. Exactly, yeah. So, I mean, that was something that, like, you know, it's still fearful coming every time you come somewhere new. It's like, well, I have to start over. Will they be threatened by what I'm doing? And it's like, you have to almost come into it as, you know, being humble, but also being receptive of whatever happens. And that's another risk. You know, I think that's something that I'm not only myself, but other people have to continue to learn and, and just you know, hope for that it's able to stand on the center. Uh, but, you know, it's always going to be the learning process and uh, risk 
at the end of the day. And it is hard. It should be because you're pursuing something that you love. There should be difficulty. There should be a struggle to it. Right. And I think I'm in a different, I guess, platform than you guys. But one of the things, well, Barbell Rescue is one of them. We just look around the gym. And we're like, well, we like being in this space. What can we do to enhance, you know, some of our innovative drives and as well as, you know, provide a little financial support. And that was one of the things. They're solving a problem. That, and that was one. So what is Barbell Rescue? Barbell Rescue is a, it's a barbell brush that um, we kind of uh, cleans my it. Partner, cleans the barbell, um, developed it from a uh, from a hairbrush and a bottle into patenting it and mass developing it from China right now. That's amazing. Um, and my partner, Kim, did most of the work. I kind of just do videos and stuff every once in a while. We do some consulting with stuff. But um, just just that was an idea. But I, going off wrong about what, what you guys said, it's uh, I think just staying in the gym and looking around, especially if that's where you really want to be, looking around and not just seeing things as objects in the gym, but ways that can enhance your your financial status. You know, if you look around and you see a couple of kids, and we have kids in the gym that really need some help, and your personal trainer, there is there's some revenue there as well. There's ways to to, to figure out how to get to where you want to be just by sitting in your space and looking around. I think a lot of us, and I've been in different gyms, look outside the gym for other things, and it draws them away from what they're really good at or from what they really want to do. But if you really take the time to look at the space around you and what you can improve, it's going to get better. Just like opening up a different gym, just opening up a different line of uh, nutrition, clothing lines, and stuff like that. You see what people wearing at the gym, you're like, I've seen people in the gym do this to their clothing, so maybe I'm going to produce this to their clothing. And it works. Um, the financial part about it, it can work if you really find ways to do. So maybe the answer is not complaining or, hey, I'm not making this much or I got to go do this instead or whatever, but instead being creative. And even though you're working for someone else, having a little bit of that entrepreneurial spirit, yeah. you know, whether it's launching your, your online program, which now is super popular, you have a, a ton of followers on your Instagram and um, able to leverage that or having a, a, a product in the e-commerce space now, right? Rogue just picked you up, for example. And all the way down, like, like Chad has not only his clients, but he partnered with uh, our, uh, our in-house PT, uh, Melissa to, to have a separate program too that kind of blends um, physical therapy and fitness together. So I guess that's the answer is just diversifying, recognizing that just coaching classes will not get it done and uh, and trying out these different things too. Right. And burnout. Cause burnout too, yeah. just focusing and coaching alone. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I want to pose a question for you and is being the owner of a gym, is there any pressure for you for people like Chad and Sammy and myself to almost provide that avenue for us. Because that can be very stressful for you to like, you know, scratch your head at night, like how can I get these guys more money, but also keep them in the space that I know they love. Um, is there added pressure to you? Do you, you know, lose, not necessarily sleep, but do you have those moments where you're brainstorming, how can I get more money for these coaches so that they can be fulfilled with their jobs? A hundred percent. Especially our, our head coaches, that this is their sole source of income via this gym and the other fitness space they're pursuing, absolutely. It's like, I, I, I don't want that to have to go away. Yeah. I don't want to have to to be like another gym that just hires like college kids that run home for the summer to run their classes and yeah. kind of don't, you know, don't have that same level. Like I want, I want people that want to pursue this. And it's a balance too, because right, the gym is also, you know, has a bottom line too. But I, I think some things we've done that are different from other gyms is, you know, when coach is doing a PT or whatever, like, you know, we make the split like as fair as we possibly can. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and doing like just enabling kind of like, Hey, if you're, if you're autonomous and you want to chase after this dream, basically giving like as many 
um, opportunities to do that as possible. Yeah. And basically, like, like one thing I didn't really realize, you're like, hey man, like all the other gyms I'd been to, like it was always like I was told like all the things I can't do. I mean, you came here, it was almost like all the things I could do. Yeah. And I, I never realized that. Um, you know, I obviously don't know the inner workings of other gyms and all what they're doing, but I think when it comes down to it, um, just do things the right way and, and the money will follow opposed towards if you're a gym owner and you're like, no, I gotta I gotta pull and scratch every cent and dollar out of it, all their all their work as I possibly can. All that leads to is is coaches being like, I'm not making enough money, so I leave. And then they have this revolving door of constantly hiring coaches because the coaches aren't making enough money. Right. I'd rather have the peace of mind though I can I can come and go whenever I need to. Right? I still coach a couple classes a week, but I can come and go and I know that the train's gonna stay on the tracks. Yeah. I know that the coaches wanna be there and hopefully they know that I care about them a ton and I want them to be successful in this. And if they're not successful, then I'm not successful. And um, I think at this point, right, we're about eight years in um, our, and Largo's five years old. I, I think some point, at some point, like some of the proof is in the pudding, right? And um, it could be fortunate, but like we've had such a low turnover rate, yeah. right? Which is almost non-existent. Um, so I, I think it's safe to say that for the most part, like our coaches enjoy being here and they do see the opportunities um, and, and they're and, and are kind of free to chase that and, um, however much or however little they want to do, right? If they got the time, they want to get after it. If subs comes up, you need to back off for a little bit. But uh, I, again, I want to kind of provide the platform and be like, hey, now it's up to us to kind of make something out of it. Cool. I, I can agree with that. Oh. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, yeah, guys. Um, if you guys are a gym owner or a head coach or a coach or any capacity out there, hopefully you guys can take something away from this. Uh, maybe pull little pieces here or there as far as you guys are chasing your own journey in this space. Um, it's a tough one, but it's obviously worth it. Um, so again, thank you guys on behalf of Dom, Sammy, Chad, and myself, Work Radio. Catch you guys later.